0: Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that still needs a new tagline, as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions.
1: I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks, who came up with the original tagline and, uh, and now finds that it's being dissed for no good reason, really. Well, just I, I thought I'd come up with it.
0: You dug out, you did a bit of uh, <laughs> sort of... Um, What's it called? Uh, sort of technological archaeology. I did a search on WhatsApp. Yeah, found the evidence, proved that you'd come up with it, and now I've said it has to be shelved. Because <laughs> I'm that petty. So yeah, if you've got any ideas for what our tagline could be, let us know. Um,
1: what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about self-driving cars. Very good. Which we, I mean, we have discussed a lot yes. over you know various coffees and other drinks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all the time. Basically, because we've seen this not coming for a long time, haven't we? Yeah. Um, But last week, Mercedes announced that they have got a self-driving car that's going into final approval for use on certain roads in California and Nevada.
0: Okay, so when we say self-driving, do we mean actually self-driving or do we mean sort of, you know... Tesla
1: self-driving. <laughs> it's not Tesla self-driving, which is not self-driving. Yeah, I mean Tesla's. You are not allowed to take your hands off the wheel. You're not allowed to go off and do something else. You're not yeah. allowed to, you know, lose your attention. Um, whereas this one, uh, this the car basically will take over. It will tell you, right? I-, I can take over at this point, and you can, you know, check your phone or do whatever you want to do. You scroll through Twitter. You don't have anything that you have to do until the car tells you. Actually, I'm going to need you to take back control but it's only going to happen under certain like low speeds relatively low speeds yeah and on certain roads where so it's basically where the car feels like I know this environment I know the speeds aren't going to get out of control I've got time to react to things that go on you know I can I can do this so
0: it's it's geofenced yeah and it's restricted speed yeah
1: yeah so it'll be okay, when that you're that in traffic makes, yeah. basically yeah. won't it? It, it, mm. it basically when you're in traffic the car will say fine I've got this so, uh, I've
0: just uh, got a new car, Howsie. Howsie. And what have you got? It's an electric BMW. Yeah. And of course it, is. it has. Does yeah, it
1: still look like a drug dealer's car?
0: Actually, slightly less than the old one. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm a grown up. Um, and it, it has a sort of adaptive cruise control. So, yeah. when I was driving back from uh, Manchester to London, I was sort of experimenting with it on the motorway and it's quite spooky. I don't know if you've driven with it where Yeah, I've got you, you, on the so ID you, three. Yeah, yeah, so you set your speed, but then it, it sort of follows the car in front. So if it needs to slow down and it keeps a keeps a yeah. safe distance, yeah. it won't let you like you can take your hands off the wheel and it'll it'll keep you in the lane. Yeah. And did, you, quite, did you actually try that, taking yeah, your hands off the wheel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I haven't got I, the
1: guts to do that. I didn't that.
0: like it. But within sort of, I didn't time it actually, but five, I reckon five seconds, no, maybe a bit longer, it will then like flash and say hands back on the wheel. Like it knows okay. you haven't got the hand, your hands on the wheel and it, and it wants you to have. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's quite good. But it is, um, it's quite spooky. Yeah. Um, And doesn't feel right. But I imagine you get used to it very quickly.
1: Well, I think so. I mean, I've had my VW ID. Three for like over a year now, yeah, and it does kind of, you know, have that sort of level of. It'll keep a distance. Mm. It will, you know, keep your speed how you want it to be. It'll keep you within a lane to a certain degree. I haven't really fully tested it, yeah, but it sort of feels like, you know, it's not self driving by any means, but it's it's it knows what's going on. Yeah, you know, and it knows what the speed limit is, and it and it will slow you down to that. So if you take your foot off the accelerator and you're coming up to a change in speed limit, it will it will bring you down to that speed. Hmm. So you're coming into a thirty zone, it just breaks it to and it hits the thirty exactly at the point when you enter that zone, which yeah, I think is quite impressive.
0: Yeah, that's quite good, isn't it? I, the the thing about it is, it feels like it's in a slightly odd sort of zone where it's not fully self driving. And it's asked, it, and it requires me to still be concentrating. But it's sort of lulling me into not concentrating. It feels like quite a dangerous exactly. area to be and in.
1: And that, that, that is the big problem with this. And we'll get into this later on.
0: A hundred years ago, the introduction of cars transformed our way of life, our infrastructures, our industries, and our cities. Lots of us spend hundreds of hours every year behind the wheel. But the story of cars isn't all nice. Approximately 1.3 million people die each year around the world as a result of road traffic accidents. Could the answer to the problem be self-driving cars? For Elon Musk, the answer is yes. In 2022, he said he would be shocked if we hadn't achieved full self-driving cars safer than a human by the end of the year. We're still tracking very much to have a, a
2: wide, widespread deployment of FSD beta this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah.
0: That might sound promising if he hadn't made the same claim in 2019 and in 2018 and in 2017 and all the way back to 2014. I should say if if, basically FST beta will be available to anyone who requests it um, by the end of this year. So why have things stalled? Is it just impossible to do? That's why this week we're asking will we ever have self-driving cars? Now, I feel like we don't really need an expert for for this episode, but
1: did did we get one anyway? Uh, Yes, yes, we did. Um, I'm wondering if that's our new tagline, actually. We don't really need an expert. (laughs) It's quite good. I mean, it's certainly what we believe. Might not be true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This week, we've got Jack Stilgo, who's a professor of science and technology policy at UCL. One of the things he's a real expert on is how we sort of think about new technologies and how we're going to use them. And self-driving cars is one of his great big sort of, you know, expert areas. So I asked him, first of all, basically, how long have we been toying with the idea of self-driving cars?
2: Self-driving cars have a short history and a long history. The long history goes back at least to the to the 1950s, where, you know, driving was seen as... Central to the American ideal of, of of freedom and exploration, but it was also seen as annoying and unsafe. And if there were ways to offer automation of that of that process, then that was seen as a as a, as a great thing for companies like General Motors and, and and Ford. So you had these companies developing visions of self-driving futures right back in the in the thirties, forties, fifties. But in most cases, that was about systems that would enable self-driving, which were mostly to do with self-driving roads rather than self-driving cars. America was building out its highways at the time. If you could design highways so that they could, you know, in effect, shuttle a car along basically like it's on rails, then that would allow people to, to switch off and enjoy the American open road. That vision, though, is understandably rather expensive and so the sort of shorter history of self-driving cars mostly focuses on artificial intelligence so it says given roads as they are at the moment and given you know all of the complexities how might you get a computer to navigate through that complex world
0: wouldn't it have been amazing if just one country somewhere had gone right right we're going scale extract, effectively. <laughs> All of our roads are going to be based on scale extract. <laughs> and so you just like everywhere else, just normal cars. And then you go to Finland and <laughs> you have to drive a car that's
1: on rails. <laughs> it, I mean, it would be Finland. it, yeah, it would yeah, definitely yeah. be Finland. Yeah, so I mean, like that. Isn't that's what a tram is, yeah. isn't it? Except yeah, but individual sh- trams. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like your personal tram, yeah. effectively. Quite funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of problems with. with the whole—it's so easy to see the idea of a self-driving car. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it just senses the environment. It knows the road, obviously, because we've got GPS. It, it knows what it's doing, knows where it wants to get to, knows how to do it. Um, and obviously, when we're driving a car, what we're doing mostly unconsciously is monitoring the environment. Um, you know, we we note a pedestrian sort of further down that it might cross the road. Mm-hmm. You know, you see somebody walking a pet. You think, you know, that dog might jump out in front of the car. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, we're constantly monitoring our rearview mirror as well to check that nobody coming up, trying to overtake us or something like this. And you've got this sort of various things going on, and you sort of think a computer should be able to do all that. You know, a, you know, an AI system with the right sensors mm-hmm. all around the car can sense, you know, can see the, tra- the the traffic up ahead. It knows what's happening with the traffic because it's getting the GPS information, um, you know. So, so, it should be a doable thing, but it's proved incredibly difficult to do.
0: Because what you're what you're asking it to do is sort of scan for novelty, I suppose, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so you're yeah. you're saying, okay, here's the picture. What are the things that you're not expecting? And we're actually really good at that, yeah. As as humans, like you say, doing it sort of on an unconscious level, really, yeah. Um, but it's quite sophisticated. And in one one way of doing it is you have to provide it with a map, a sort of, well, actually map is is underplaying it, isn't it? A kind of 3D or 4D representation of everywhere it might go in the world and then get it to constantly compare what it's got in its database to what it's actually seeing so that it can then identify problems or things it might need to avoid or whatever. And that. It's a huge amount of data, first of all, that it needs to have on board.
1: Yeah, and 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 then you've got on top of that, you know. So you can program in all the things you can expect or might expect, but then you've got things like you know, oh, a guy's just got into his van, and you don't. It, it looks like he's just got into his van. Actually, he's just walked around in front of it, and he's going to come out the other side of it. And mm. and as a human being, you know the kinds of things that people do. The car in front of you pulls up and stops. You think actually somebody might open the passenger door there. And just, you know, have not looked behind them and just get out. And, and the car needs to think about that, you know, as a kind of thing that might happen.
0: But presumably once you have, maybe not once, but if you have a, a fleet of cars, self-driving cars out there, and they have a kind of central processor somewhere, then they can share all of this information. So they can kind of get they can better, learn as a of, fleet. They, they can learn as a fleet, which is great. Yeah. Because then you don't, as... Yeah, as individuals, we, by and large, sort of need to learn by experience. I know we yeah. can be told certain things, whereas this lot can literally have a sort of hive mind. That like a fleet of yeah. cars couldn't they? Which should be but, quite good. But
1: isn't it incredible to think that, like you know, there's, there's been attempts to keep to get this happening. For you know what's getting on for well at least ten years now that people have thought oh it's just about to happen mm. and it still mm. hasn't happened yeah. you know and and that's because it's such a hard problem yeah. compared with everything you might think it is and you know in that time I'm going back to fusion I
0: think yeah <laughs> <laughs> <too> well, awesome.
1: <laughs> I think there's a great episode to be like just create a timeline of things yeah. <laughs> that aren't going to happen. <laughs> But anyway, so I, I think you know, you know, Tesla's been on it really since 2013. You know, seriously saying you know we're just around the corner. Mm. But Tesla is 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 not really achieving it. There's Waymo, which works in very like geo fenced environments. So mm-hmm. so you know the roads are set up for is that up Google's, right? gr- yeah, Google's Yeah, Google's sort of attempt, and it's kind of you know pretty much city wide. I can't remember where it is now. Is but, it Chicago or something? No, no. I don't. Think, it's somewhere much mm. smaller and a bit more rural than mm. that, basically. But you can set up a city to be friendly to self-driving cars and then you know that's fine but the problem is that you know for instance here in the uk you know you could have them on the motorways and and that would be fine mm. but to be honest you know that's not a huge step up from the cars that you and i have no no really no um you know they're, they're not that different really on a motorway but when it comes to driving around you know towns like you know uk towns are not laid out in the same way that american towns are for instance no
0: the grid system is useful and we yeah, we yeah. don't have it anywhere. No, really, no, no,
1: no, we have horrific road systems. Mm. So, so, there's lots of efforts to kind of do this for a long time. Uh, there's a great article I found, um, Scientific American in 2016. And this guy writes Soon, electronic chauffeurs will take us wherever we want to go, whenever we want, in complete safety, as long as we do not need to make any left turns across traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Changing road surfaces are a problem too. So, are snow and ice. It will be crucial to avoid traffic cops, crossing guards, and emergency vehicles. And in an urban environment where pedestrians are likely to run out in front of the car, we should probably just walk or take the subway. And that yeah, kind of so sums it up. Few limitations. Yeah, yeah. And I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I saw Volvo um, were going to produce their own self-driving cars for you know Sweden. Mm. And I just emailed them and said, you know, how are you going to cope with blizzards and you know all the other stuff? Just emailed the press people. And uh, I never got a reply because <laughs> as soon no, as you've got snow know. in the equation, you it's... you can't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where humans can see, mm. uh, uh, you know, the self-driving cars can't see. So you know, we've got some stuff happening, and Mercedes are obviously confident that they can make this work in sort of arid desert environments mm. Mm. like Nevada and California. Um, and uh, but that will still be, you know, it's very limited, really. So um, it's just kind of interesting, I think, to. To kind of see how hard it is, and yet, you know, 17-year-olds can get in a car and learn to drive, okay. and within a, effectively a couple of months, they can do it all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's sort of, it's is surprising, isn't it? Yeah, That it's, yeah. That it's so difficult. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, DARPA put a load of money into it, the... Um, the, the Grand the,
1: Challenge, yeah, you, that started, I mean, that was... 2007, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: So they're the, there's the sort of um, research arm of the US military. Yeah. And um, it's, it's sort of what you need... Is the military to be interested? Yeah, and, and, then then and they'll plug I a load of money in. I think the first couple of
1: challenges they put out, nobody could really do it, and then suddenly it yeah, well, got a lot that, better. You know,
0: absolutely disastrous. So it's sort of just basically just saying, can you get your self-driving car from point A to point B? And the first couple of years, they were like, no, absolutely yeah. not. Everything's just like, yeah. Um, and I think people were probably again a little bit shocked at how difficult it was, but yeah. then they, they they got progressively better, and that's where the sort of main. Yeah.
1: Leaps forward were but made, I think. Interestingly, the, you know, the, the thing that people always say about tech is the, the first 90% is easy. It's the last 10% that's mm. hard. And that's where Tesla is. I mean, Tesla's, Tesla's cars are really not any better than my car or your car in terms of what you're allowed to do. No. So, you know, and, and, and they've been really pushing towards this self-driving thing. And actually, you know, they've just got stuck at, at what's known as level two. Yeah. Level two driving. And the idea is to get to five where the car is completely autonomous in any condition whatsoever. Yeah. And the Mercedes ones that will go on... And actually, they're already in Germany. You're allowed to do it in certain traffic conditions, mm. certain conditions. Uh, at level, level three. Four. Le- oh, level really? Three, level three. Oh, is three. it?
0: But oh. um, as, uh, we'll I probably... thought these new Mercedes ones in California were going to be level four.
1: No, they're going to be level three. Oh. Because level four... Is basically you are not the driver, right? The yeah. car is the driver. Yeah. And that's also true in level three. But level three is basically when the feature requests that you drive, you must drive. Level four, it's you will never drive.
0: Oh, so sometimes it's it, between sometimes level it four and level five, then?
1: Uh, level five can cope with all conditions. Level four is you will never drive, in that you know, you, there might not be an accelerator mm-hmm. in the steering wheel, mm-hmm. but there will be some conditions in which the car will not operate. Oh, the car just says no. Yeah. 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 So, we're gonna so, to have to so, stop for three hours because it's snowing. Yeah. Unlucky. <laughs> that's exactly what it. You know, yeah. that, that's the whole problem. Is like, and and Waymo had this with their taxis. It's like heavy rain. Basically, the car pulls to the side of the road, mm. and uh, it, which is not ideal if you're you know trying to go out, you know, go to the cinema or something.
0: Because I I thought that most companies had just sort of sacked off the idea of trying to go for. Level three or yeah. level four because they're too difficult because of the sort of the handover problem of that. Like, we're rubbish exactly at sort of being told, Yes, you can do something else, but yeah, um, but then suddenly you're going to be asked to focus and take control, and we're just too distracted. Exactly. Too so, so
1: Audi up. have just given up. They said, We're not yeah. going to do level three. Yeah, uh, and there's a few companies that said, Well, we're going to aim for level four, but we're not going to bother with level three. Yeah. And the other problem with level three is that the company then takes. Liability for any accidents during the time when the the car says I'm driving. Oh yeah, yeah. So right. so lots are of they? lots of corporate lawyers have said Mm-mm, Mm-mm. no 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 no. no. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs>
0: we're not, we're not yeah. doing that. So so what what are the big benefits then of of self driving cars? Like it isn't just laziness. Presumably, it's safety is, is the
1: idea. Exactly that. So I asked Jack about the, the benefits, but essentially. That's how it's sold, isn't it? It's like, oh, humans make errors, self-driving cars won't make errors. Here's what Jack had to say.
2: For a lot of the history of of, of self-driving cars, the big benefit was about efficiency. It was about how to get people moving, how to get as many people moving through a scarce road network as possible. More recently, the benefit that's been identified and talked up by the people developing the technology, has been one of safety. So as with quite a lot of the technologies involving artificial intelligence, they sort of start from a premise that humans are in some way flawed and that AI offers a, a, a solution to this human fallibility. And particularly when it comes to driving, the innovators are, are fond of reciting a statistic which is, you know, a pretty dodgy statistic... ...that about 90% of, of car crashes are, are blamed on human error. And so they would say, if you could eradicate that human error using you know, computerised uh, perfection... ...then you'll be able to sell uh, thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lives every year. And it's definitely true that you know, road deaths are a public health disaster... They're the number one or number two cause of, of death for young people in lots of countries. But it's not yet proven that the technology is going to solve that anytime soon.
0: There's also a kind of an emotional hurdle, I think, that is, whilst we obviously don't like road traffic accidents and fatalities caused by humans, we sort of understand. understand. Understand them, whereas if you're saying there are going to be some accidents with self-driving cars, I think they will be harder to swallow somehow. Just instinctively, I think that.
1: Yeah, I mean they are because we don't like robots. Which is what they are. They're they're yeah. they're, they're robots, and um, and we don't like robots having the responsibility over human life. No, effectively. So so people will have a huge problem with with just sort of accepting that. Oh yeah, sorry, your mum was was killed by a, a robot. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine the headlines once that Which
0: happens? Has kind of potentially made a choice as well? I mean, that's one of the really fiddly things, isn't it? Yeah, you,
1: yeah, and we'll get we'll get onto that mm, ethics thing. Mm. But but the problem you've got is as well. I mean, it is an emotional thing, but. I think I mean humans 90% of car crashes are human error. I can kind of take that because of course, you know, effectively that's you know, that's why they're not called accidents anymore, they're called incidents. You know, they yeah. they are they are the responsibility of somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been driving for 35 years. I've never caused an accident. And I think accidents are bad and when they happen they're they're bad, but I think, you know, they're not an everyday experience. Mm. If you call on, like, oh, we're going to have self-driving cars because, you know, we have, you know, these terrible crashes and accidents, I'm not sure that they'll disappear in any scenario where you have human drivers and self-driving cars on the roads at the same time. Well,
0: that 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 And, and we're not transition. going to suddenly jump to everyone no, having a
1: self-driving car. That, that
0: transition, I think, is going to be really, really difficult because, yes, at the point where it's all self-driving cars, you assume... That you almost reduce accidents down to zero. Yeah, yeah, o- almost. I, I mean, see I guess as a pedestrians, and you know, there the will still be somebody. It'll be very, very low. Yeah, because presumably these cars can probably n- it not necessarily directly communicate with one another, but
1: they will avoid each they, other. They, they would avoid they'll, each they'll other. They'll have a system for prioritizing who goes where and everything y- else. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you can see how that all works. But yeah. in in that period where you've got some self driving cars and some non-self-driving cars, the sort of, um, like, (laughs) the the bullying behaviour, for example. Oh, Oh, I'm going to be bullying. I can, yeah, I can pull out in front of a self-driving car, carte blanche, essentially, (laughs) can't I? Because I'm just like, well, I know it's going to stop.
3: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not got to stop, relying on it. it. Yeah, it
0: will
1: stop. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, get out of my way, steer into it, it moves out of the way. Like, <laughs> and I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. Oh, 100% if I'm allowed to drive still. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it'll be that thing, you know, when you've got like two lanes merging and, mm. and you like you, you cruise along really fast past all the people who, who are already queuing to get into the left hand lane, which you know you've got to get into. And you make that judgment call about when you're going to stop. Mm. And Philippa told me off the other day, she said, like, you far too soon. You could have gone another half mile before you tried to put, you know, muscle your way into that queue, and and I was wow. like, no, I think the further ahead you go, the less likely people are to let you in. Yeah, but, I mean, they do but with let a you in. Driving
0: car, that's going to be easy. This is an argument I've I've had uh, numerous occasions on on the radio because Rachel, my co-host. Uh, loves zip merging she's a real advocate for zip merging I so she will why. go right to that and she says it's much more efficient if everyone does it and accepts that that's what we're doing she's right but unfortunately yeah, no, 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 no one does no, no. so Everyone's everyone hates fuming. you <laughs> yeah Everyone's,
1: i mean you can see them you literally there, like, like yeah. pulling across trying to get in and you look in the mirror and you can see the driver behind you basically yeah. going no yeah, no, An inching forward. Yeah, like no, no one bumper. making any yeah. eye contact. Just yeah. 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 in a peripheral vision, <laughs> I know you're there, and you're not coming in. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favourite things. <laughs> but, I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about human beings, yeah, doesn't it? it that, does. that whole thing. I wonder
0: as well if there's um, a sort of economic disparity that comes into play here. So, in developed countries with you know better roads and better infrastructure um driver safety is probably better already yeah um and in less developed countries where you've got worse roads uh, worse cars driver safety is probably not as good but those places aren't going to get self driving cars as soon anyway so you're no. kind of you're you're tackling the problem where it is the least Yes, uh, it, severe anyway. Exactly.
1: So the statistic of you know all the, all the accidents and all the deaths caused in in vehicle collisions around the world, they're not the relevant statistics. It's wh- what percentage of those is actually happening where you would be able to put self driving cars mm-hmm. on the road, mm-hmm. and I suspect it's quite a lot less. And so, the, but the whole business model relies on these kinds of spurious statistics. Effectively, so we yeah
0: we're going to reduce uh, road traffic accidents yeah. right down. Yeah, and you are like. Are you actually, or are you going to put self-driving cars in areas where the roads are really good and there aren't many accidents anyway? Yeah,
1: and when you look at like the, the ones that are now getting this sort of level three clearance, you know they are the absolute pinnacle of like Mercedes um, and Audi. You know, potentially next year, the year after, you know, they're they're, they're the executive class cars. Hmm that, you know, that probably didn't get into a lot of scrapes anyway, to be honest, because they've mm. got all the sensors, mm, you know, they, they've got mm-hmm. collision avoidance systems going on. Yeah, you know, so so they're not replacing the ones that are you know, actually, you know, problematic. And then infrastructure, I mean, you know, like we've said, UK roads are are fine, motorways, you can imagine in doing it. You know, you, you negotiate around some of the sort of little villages you just can't do it. No, I've been told by insiders on um, self-driving cars that they will never operate where they haven't got good mobile signal because mm. they need uh, you know, they need to be able to connect to a central hub, really, for for all the information well, well, and for the safety. Well, yeah, because be if you relevant.
0: if you can't do that, then you'd literally have to have the information stored in the car yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it's mad to think but actually that would be a huge hard drive like a really like mad, you're like there's no boot space in Dad, this car why no. there no back seat yeah it's a massive hard drive with all
1: of the information it's really hot back here by the way
0: <laughs> uh okay time for a quick break now when we're back we'll be discussing some of the moral dilemmas of self-driving cars what the future of self-driving cars looks like and of course answering today's question will we ever have self-driving cars.
3: to find out if it's right for
0: you. And we're back. Now, um, I'm just going to say it because I say it every time we ever talk about self-driving cars and reducing the number of accidents, the the sort of unfortunate corollary of redu- if you do reduce the amount of road driving <laughs> oh, accidents I, I, I is like well you know you know where we're, going. Going. Yeah, know where yeah. we're going is uh, you suddenly have far fewer organs available for donation. Yeah. because the the, the, the the I can't say it's a silver lining can I but one of the things that comes out of road traffic accidents is organs fresh organs that are very useful for people who need them
1: yeah so and I was wondering I don't know
0: how you well, I, don't, I don't
1: know how you get past well, out, really. I, I think it's quite simple you you say the price of a self-driving car is you have to donate a kidney
0: yeah that's good actually yeah I mean, and then it, you only really get the enthusiasts <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's a nice idea yeah. Um, yeah yeah maybe you'd cut drink driving as well if you had to give up half your liver mm. in order to it's it, not it's
0: it, it's not giving me a heart is it i don't think no. that, that method.
1: <laughs> you, half don't need a your, heart. you won't need your corneas though will you if, you, if you've got a proper self-driving okay, so car. eyes yeah level okay. five you give up your eyes yeah level five what are you what are you prepared to give up for level five <laughs> <laughs> automation <laughs>
0: Um so we we obviously do have some um modes of transport that are that are driverless that that work well. Yeah, um, yeah. But they're all pretty much either on rails, like like the the DLR, DLR. in London. That yeah. that doesn't have a driver and yeah. that's all fine. Yeah. Um and then I suppose you've probably in a sort of farming contexts have you got like big automated farming yeah. machinery big uh, big machinery working in like a quarry where it's so described yeah. where it is and what it's doing so it's like perfectly geofenced and basically nothing unpredictable is ever happening yeah. then uh, you can really see how yeah big agricultural machinery could be automated very well and i think is being automated
1: yeah very it well. is and and there's various experiments going on as well with trucks just on the highway so so yeah. they're, they're driven cuz the idea is that if you haven't got a driver obviously you can do those massive long journeys without yeah, a break yeah, yeah 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 and you just keep and you basically have a driver that that gets off one it, it parks on the you know, lay by on the highway effectively on the hard shoulder. Yeah. driver gets out and goes home. The truck can then drive itself. What's he doing? Hitchhiking, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he can, um, so the truck then, truck then drives itself for you know, I don't know like 2,000 miles and then gets picked up by and someone, gets picked up by someone. To I don't know what they do about the, refueling in... though, to be fair, because I bet it's not. Um, I bet, uh... <laughs> well, maybe you just have to, have... I <sighs> don't know. I mean, you, you maybe have would it. Would
0: it, it would have worked maybe back in range. the day when you had um, when you had fuel attendants?
1: Yeah, yeah. Then oh.
0: someone could just just do it for you. Yeah, but I suppose most of them are thinking electric now. Yeah, which case maybe it's.
1: No, it's still but an yeah, issue, isn't it? so it's I mean, it's, so the, the experiment is then to have you know a driver just waits at the other end and yeah. takes it off the highway and, and into the the sort of you know the industrial zone. The or whatever. tricky bits to navigate. The tricky bits, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, so yeah. you've done all that stretch without a driver, and that's quite doable. I can see yeah. how that's doable. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there are there are ways in which you can make this happen, but what we think of as you know as a car journey, a normal car journey, is you know incredibly difficult to do at level you know, level three, four or five, to be honest. Mm. I mean, it occurs to me that, you
0: know, when we're talking about the sort of conditions under which self-driving does work, that we probably would need to change our infrastructure, Just just make the sort of the driving world, the driving environment a bit more predictable. And I don't know if we particularly... Are prepared to do that, but if if more of our roads were just like motorways, yeah, then I mean, it
1: would then it would work, but. That's not where know. people are doing the majority of no, their driving, no, really, is it? No. And, and then you've got those issues like you know you know you've seen those people who just put a little sticker on a on a speed sign, mm. and if you understand how machine vision works, you can design a sticker that that basically looks really innocuous, and you stick it over the on one bit of the speed sign, and the car reads it as a completely different speed. Yeah. So the. You know, there's kind of issues like that. You have to be yeah. proof hacking. against hacking. Mm, mm, you yeah, know, you can mm. hack these cars. Probably hack your car and mine now quite easily. Yeah, because I don't think the security system's very good. No. Um, but because they're not self-driving, you can't just make them go off. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, the guy. Um, when he gave me mine. He got keys and then like a little sort of credit card thing as well. Like you can set this up, so you can just use that instead of the key. And I was just like, hmm. And then he went. I mean, I probably wouldn't.
1: I probably wouldn't do it. And I was like, right, okay, <laughs> that's a see, big sell. It's it's a funny thing. So the, the same guy that told me about you know you won't ever get a self driving car that that works if there's no Wi Fi, mm. uh, no mobile signal. He also said that car manufacturers get the worst computer programmers. So it, so basically, if you're a good computer programmer coming out of university courses, you're going, you're working in the city, yeah, you're doing yeah. you know the high paid, you know the high prestige jobs. And uh, and the car manufacturers basically have to mop up all the you know lower third graduates, yeah, 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 the dregs. And so what he said was that like, the security systems and the programming for these things is not particularly well done. Mm. And and I certainly would agree with that with the ID3. I think it it crashes too many times.
0: Do you think that might change though? Like if when I say if, crashes, it, no, no, the, the, I know the it, yeah. electronics crashes. Yes yeah, yes, yeah. Do you think that might change if because previously? Going and working on the sort of um, the programming side of a car—it's just not very appealing because no. what are you doing? Yeah. Um, whereas now it's a bit more of a challenge and a bit more exciting.
1: Maybe. Maybe, but I'm I'm quite disappointed at the number of times I have to kind of reboot the the ID3. Yeah, and it's
0: know, not a great advert for the
1: ID3. No, itself, uh, is it? no. Um, I think it's a great car in, in many many ways. But, but they're not going to give you a free one. <laughs> I was driving it the other day, and uh, just like the whole display went off. Perfect. It was like no no battery information, no speed information, no sensors working or anything like that. And I had to you know, drive... Officer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I sort of—I was just about to do like a two-hour journey and I thought, do I just do it based on my sense of how fast I'm going? And I thought, no, that's not sensible, is that it? doesn't feel like So I had idea, to pull no. off into a supermarket car park and turn the fucking thing on, off and on again. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, really? And then, you know, the, the, the kind of audio system or the, the speaker system sometimes picks up you talking and thinks you're trying to talk to the car and just interrupts and there's lots of glitches and yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah you assume that stuff will get ironed out but yeah i suppose you don't know if they are just getting the crap guys yeah possibly not feels like it um do do you think we'll be comfortable with being well not even backseat drivers but just just passengers in our
1: own cars so i mean are you i mean let me ask you are you comfortable as a front seat passenger when somebody else is driving, not particularly. No, no,
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> so that, I don't think I'm going to
1: be. And that's somebody who's actually, you know, competent yeah. and able and yeah. proven to yeah. drive. No, I don't think we're. I don't think we're going to be that comfortable. Um, I. I think there's lots of sort of moral dilemmas and ethical yeah. issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me play what Jack had to say.
2: My biggest concern about self-driving cars would be that we end up repeating some of the mistakes. That were made round about hundred years ago with the arrival of the motor car, which is that we sort of sleepwalk into a dependence on a new form of technology to get us around. Now, the the motor car enabled massive benefits in terms of people's mobility. You know, their their ability to seek out uh, new opportunities, and and the benefits shouldn't be shouldn't be under underplayed. But by not thinking very much about the long-term effects of that that technology. We did things like redesign our cities around the motorcar, which is a a set of sort of systemic mistakes that now we're trying to correct in places like London, which thankfully, you know, predates the motorcar and and has a healthy public transport system. But there's lots of cities in the American West, for example, that are utterly dependent on the motorcar where you know, we now realise how inefficient, how unsustainable, how antisocial, and how dangerous that form of, of dependence uh, is. So, when it comes to the self-driving car, my worry would be that we don't think about long-term uh, uh, implications of the of the of the technology, and we start redesigning our world around this around this technology without a good sense of what of what the benefits are. Um, my sense is that actually we will find really good uses for the technology, but they might be particular circumstances where the technology makes sense rather than being a sort of universal substitute for conventionally driven cars.
1: Mm. So this is interesting, isn't it? Because we talk a lot about self-driving cars. There'll be segments on the news about, oh, you know, this is the latest thing. You know, I get kind of excited when i hear like there's been yeah. progress and then you suddenly think is this are we trying to solve a problem that we shouldn't even be trying to solve mm. in the you know why are we so obsessed with cars still i just pure
0: hunch i think i don't imagine in 50 years time we will all be owning our own cars no i just can't i can't see it I no. don't think that will be necessary. Yeah. Are and you leasing
1: your, your new yeah, car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. leasing mine.
0: Because I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any point in owning it. I mean, it's cheaper to do it that way Yeah, anyway. yeah, that's, electric that's, car that's as well thing.
1: and the battery's going to be fucked in three yeah, years. Yeah, time. yeah,
0: <laughs> and and like, <laughs> I you don't know that it. in three years' time the batteries will be that much better anyway, so yeah, you're going to work. Yeah, yeah. So it, may, it makes sense. But, yeah, I, I think that we probably will have self-driving cars uh, transport of some description and I think you'll sort of share cars but not in like a part ownership way I think there will just be it'll almost be like an amazing public transport system that yeah, would be yeah and I think that's quite a good scenario yeah but I don't know if any of the car companies are building towards cuz it's obviously not great for them
1: no, no, well I think that's that's the thing is that we have to reimagine what works away yeah. from like you know the car companies have basically owned the last hundred years yeah and and like you know we've gradually got more and more into owning our own car always upgrading our car mm. you know nobody uh, hardly ever buys a smaller new car it's mm. like you always mm. get bigger mm. and mm. better and they're great now they're really good you know the entertainment systems being in them the comfort the climate yeah. control everything is really good about modern cars
0: my my new one is a bit smaller and i have to say i fully recommend it oh really yeah it's it's. Uh, i'm immediately i get getting there i'm like yeah this is this is more the size of a car that you should
1: be driving <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so, so I think, you know, hopefully we'll just sort of rethink our relationship with cars rather than bank on this, you know, self-driving car future just for the sake of reducing what is effectively a small number of accidents. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I just feel like we don't even particularly, well, like you're saying, we don't really discuss the ethics of it. No, The, the, no. the morality yeah, of so it. Yeah, so that's like, the social what, what are morality we, what are it. we? What are we doing this for? And then, and that's before you get into like the real nitty gritty of the real world trolley problem, which is my favourite bit. Which is, you know, ho- horrible. But you literally you have you have to deal with it head on. Which is, wait, this, these cars are going to need to make difficult choices, yeah. choices that we are uncomfortable making ourselves, but do make in a split, you know, split decision. It's literally stuff like there's a cat's just run out, but a child is crossing the road, but a cat's going to get it. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and effectively, you have to tell the car. What it's supposed to be doing in those scenarios. And, you know, it's, or, it's
1: not easy. Or you allow people to personalize their car's safety settings. Yes, I don't want to allow that. Don't you? I know, I really don't. There was a survey where the 44% of respondents preferred for the, them to be able to like literally, you know, set a slider on their car of like who dies and who lives. So, so it's sort oh of like Do I do I you know, I guess it would be multidimensional, but it'd be like pets versus children versus mm. me inside the car. Yeah. And presumably and, me inside the car is the one that everyone is always trying to preserve. Two thirds of people said yes. Yeah. They would set it so that the the priority for the car was the owner or the, the person inside it. Yeah um, yeah.
0: So and, they're running over a kid.
1: <laughs> amazing survey 64% would want a child to die in order to save their own life yeah so
0: I don't think you can have that you can't have personal <laughs> because you can't trust people but then who makes that decision it's a classic well, thing with AI making any of these kind of decisions like well, black box AI I don't really want no. so you sort of need to give it some data to work with
1: but then you worry that the data is going to be biased, yeah, yeah,
0: because we're biased. And basically, I mean, it's an absolute
1: headphone. It is it, what you're going to get is like because every manufacturer is going to do their own setting, effectively. So, so it could be that like if you buy a BMW, you kind of know in nudge and nudge, you're going to be all right in an accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas if They'll you buy a, come out and say it. If you buy a Toyota, you know it's more like they're going to save save children outside the car. It's like. And then that's going to affect Toyota's sales. Yeah. So they're going to like nudge the algorithm towards killing like children. They're going to need to start killing the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's complicated, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, so when we're thinking about self-driving um, technology, um, I guess you have to sort of weigh up who who is going to be benefiting. Like, is it going to be liberating in the sense of, you know, allowing people who who can't get around very easily to get around um or you know people who can't afford other forms of transport and honestly i don't think it's going to do either of those things i think it's just going to be you know rich people i mean certainly initially it's just going to be rich
2: people who are going to benefit
1: yeah if anyone all right so here's
2: what jack had to say about
1: the future of self-driving cars
2: so in terms of where we are now and where we might where we might be headed with the the technology. I mean, we're now in a situation where if you live in some parts of some American cities, you can dial up a self-driving vehicle and use it to get from A to B without a driver behind the wheel, which is, you know, an absolutely remarkable technological achievement. The question would be whether the technology will remain stuck in those places, right providing Pretty marginal benefits to a small group of people and also costing a huge amount, you know, costing the companies developing the technology a a huge amount, or whether it can genuinely uh, spread to other people. I see that there are going to be some difficult battles ahead in terms of, you know, self driving car companies and cities engaging in an argument about, you know, how roads might need to be upgraded in order to make their cities easier to navigate by machine. I worry that the technology is is going to, you know, not realise its, its its potential by by staying in that in that small uh, small number of places. But my hope would be that actually the people developing the technology and policymakers are able to collaborate on finding good, appropriate uses for the technology, which might be quite boring ones, right? They might be a driverless bus operating on a fixed route, doing the same thing over and over again, but providing useful mobility at low cost to, um, to a bunch of people who didn't previously have access to it, right? That might be quite boring, but it might actually be the sort of thing that people need. I mean, you, you get the, the sense
1: of where this is going when you realise that Uber and Lyft have both sold their self-driving divisions. Mm. They're just not bothering anymore. They've sort of decided that it's too expensive to develop. There's no guarantee of any sort of income from the en- at the end of it.
0: Which is surprising because our, my understanding was that Uber's sort of long-term business plan was always was that s- exactly self-driving. That. So they're yeah. like, we capture the market by massively subsidising the, the costs, yeah. So, so we get everyone in using Uber, and then, and then somewhere down the line, we get rid of the, we get rid of all the drivers. And the so whole point of people. this
1: phase was to just feed the algorithm. Yeah, yeah it? It was like yeah. yeah. Train the algorithm.
0: Learn, on, learn, learn, learn. Yeah, learn, yeah. And then, and then, get rid of drivers, and suddenly you've got a very after your initial huge capital outlay on your fleet, you've got.
1: You've got, got the whole business self-driving yeah. taxi market, yeah. and they've just just abandoned it. Mm. And it, it's really interesting. There was a a report came out in February last year, um, and it basically said that they expect. 60% of new cars to have level two features by 2030. So that's like what you and I are driving, yeah, effectively. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll be like the majority of cars are like that. And that's not, yeah. uh, not surprising. It's surprising that it will take until 2030, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But they said um, level three or four self-driving cars, 5% of the total market by that time. So hardly any, basically. Yeah. And they said nobody will ever get to level five. Mm. That, that's the sort of projection. This is Accenture sort of report. And um, and that's sort of where I think it kind of is, in a sense. You know, I mean, I don't see how you get this last step. And I don't really even need mm. it. I quite like driving. I quite like the level two sort of assist that I get. Yeah, But I don't mind driving at this point, you know. No. I don't need to check Twitter any more than I already do. Christ, no. So we asked Jack if we will ever have self-driving cars? I'm not sure
2: he liked the question very much. So to the question of will we ever have self-driving cars, I'm afraid my answer is a real social scientist's answer. And it depends what we mean by we. Um, It depends what we mean by self-driving cars. And it depends what we mean by have. So you know the who we is some rich people might have access to self-driving cars in some parts of the of the world but it's not going to be useful will we have self-driving cars or will we own them well for the technology to work it looks like it has to be a really expensive thing that probably operates at the scale of a of a whole system so it makes less sense to think about that in terms of individual ownership Right? If you're rich, you might be able to buy a car that drives itself some of the time. Um, but that's not necessarily the same thing as a, as a self-driving car. And then finally, to the question of it depends what we mean by self-driving cars. Right? These things don't have to be cars. And we're sort of stuck in this mode of thinking that worries about drivers And thinks about cars and individual ownership of cars, because we spent so much of the 20th century developing that way of getting about and that that way of of living. But actually, maybe the interesting mode for the technology is to either to automate existing types of vehicles, like uh, buses or trains, or to design whole new categories of, of, of vehicles. So... We might see self-driving vehicles offer uses that are very, very different from cars. Actually, ending up far more disruptive, far more uh, transformative, and get us out of the bad habits that we've got us into when it comes to cars. Yeah, it, a, I, a no. I, yeah, it was a no. It was a
0: long-winded no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when an expert. Uh, takes apart the question, (laughs) (laughs) word by word.
1: (laughs) I think that happens quite often, actually. Yeah, yeah, it does. It was basically their polite way of saying that's a bad question. Bad question, I'm afraid. But he's right, though.
0: I mean, the we rich is only potentially rich people, are are they going to own it? Not necessarily. Wouldn't really make that much sense to. And are they going to be cars in the way that we think of cars now? No. Um, But we could have some quite interesting... Automated vehicles, helping, yeah, helping Someone that
1: they won't be interesting. will they? they'll be really boring.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting in the way that they affect our lives. I mean, they will be dull. Yeah, they're not going. No one is going to be excited about getting oh, my, in there.
1: My train's got no driver.
0: Yeah. I Wonder what's going to happen. I mean, what what happens to petrol heads? Actually, well, I suppose they just drive around in in old. Yeah, ever older cars. Yeah, don't ever they? older cars, because there is nothing exciting for those people who get a thrill out of driving. Yeah that's totally gone.
1: Well, and and it doesn't matter so. how
0: luxurious
1: the interior, like, well, it's still... Although, you know. Yeah, electric cars have quite a nice amount of torque and, and they can be fun to drive, but... Yeah, but if it, it, but if you're not driving it. But if you're, yeah, yeah, but if you're then, not driving it, then... Then who cares? So they're just going to stick with, you know, at level two cars, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, and it's
0: never going to do anything exciting like break the speed limit. <laughs> no, 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 Um <laughs> oh, it's going to stop you doing t- that t- Take well. a corner a bit quickly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're not going to swing out the back end. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> just go into reckless
0: <laughs> reckless and uh, yeah run the kids over Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards the production team is Temi Adebayo Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan sound design by Katie Baxter special thanks to today's expert Professor Jack Stillgo. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london. Or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at eureka pod.
3: Eureka is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.